Hello, and welcome to Erskine Conversations. We bring the Erskine College and Theological Seminary campus to you. In each episode, we will be diving into the conversations that happen every day across Erskine's campus among students, faculty, staff, and more. Today, I invite you to listen in as we talk with John Kennerly. So sit back and enjoy the conversation. Thank you for joining us today, John. I appreciate it, man. Sure. Glad to be here. So to kind of introduce those who are listening and honestly introduce me even more to what's going on in your life, tell, tell us your Erskine story. How did you get here? How long have you been here? What is it you do? Yeah, so um, I came to Erskine in 1995. Mm. So um, <laughs> none of today's students were even born when no, I started working They weren't even <laughs> almost born. <laughs> no. uh, but I uh, came in a uh, uh, library. That, that is my career. So came here for a position on the library staff. After three years here, my boss at that time, my predecessor, the director of the library, left and went uh, over to a school over in Georgia. Okay. And what school? I, uh, Lagrange. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in Georgia, so I, I'm okay. familiar with that name. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was something of a mentor to me, and. When he left, instead of going out and hiring outside of the institution, they moved me up into that role. So that's what I've been doing wow. since 99. Um, so just a few years. Actually, 98 would have been the first year. It was also the year my twin daughters were born. That was a crazy year. I'd imagine, <laughs> man, taking over the entirety of the library at any institution yeah. or just in general and having kids, twin kids. At the same time. Right. Um, but, um, and so I'm still doing that, but uh, several years ago, started getting also involved in institutional effectiveness. Okay. So I'm also over um, certain aspects of assessment for okay. the institution, accreditation, that kind of thing. Oh, the fun stuff. Yeah, the fun stuff. All right. So, um, so you've been here for 25-ish years. You've been running it for a large majority of that. Um, is there anything that has kind of stuck out? I don't know, like a, like a fun or a crazy library story. I mean, because I feel a library is some place that either you go quickly to get the book you need, and you go back and you lock yourself in your room, or you go there. I've noticed a lot of people will go there and just sit and do their studies. And I know some people seem to use that as their away from home or a way to get away from their office, well, their office, their their dorm. Um, is there anything that's just happened over the course of 25 years that sticks out as like that kind of makes you chuckle whenever you think about it? Yeah. Um, I can think of two things Okay, real quick. Uh, the first one had to do with, and this was over a decade ago, uh, working with a student. Um, it was near the end of the semester, uh, came in and was clearly upset. I mean, <laughs> worried, upset. Uh -huh. And found me and said, I'm trying to finish up this big paper that's due and I'm working on my bibliography. And now I'm just going back and finding those things that I used because I forgot to write that all oh, that citation no. information down. And I've got them all Gosh. except for this one book. And I cannot for the life of me remember what it was, what the title of it was. I just remember it was about two inches thick and it was red. Can you help me find it? <laughs> what and stopped? <laughs> Full stop. Like, 
I was like, well, <laughs> uh, I can help you find a red book, but yeah. I don't know if it'll be the one you're talking about. Oh my God. That was kind of funny. Did we he had, at least give you like some sort of narrowed down to it's in this genre or? Oh, no, no, that was it. That was, oh my it gosh. was about this thick and it was red. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, even genre would help you narrow I down know. to like which, yeah. which sets going to go to, which uh, yeah. bookshelf. So anyway, Man. that that was no. Well, hold on, you gotta finish that. Did you find it? Oh no, no, we didn't find it okay. because <laughs> I don't. I don't know what she ended up doing with that. I was so, word to the wise: when you're writing a paper, yeah, you know, take if nothing you, else, take notes about things like that that you'll need along the way somewhere. If nothing else, <laughs> just write down the author and the title, right. and if if nothing else, you can come back and find the rest of the stuff the bibliography after that. But we gotta have those two things. Yeah. And the other quick oh, story was. Um, Microfilm. Okay. So okay. most people nowadays honestly don't even know what microfilm is. And the ones that do have probably never used it. Yep. I know. <laughs> you know, it's a it little real and it's, um, you know, so, and you have a reader, you have mm -hmm. to put in a reader and, and it's, it's film. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at it that way. Well, we still have a lot of our older issues of journals on microfilm. Man. And, uh, and again, this was several years ago. Um, working with a student and we found several articles that they needed, but one of them was on microfilm oh, man. and he was like, what? he looked at me, you know, so I had to kind of, I said, tell you what, <laughs> let me just walk, I'll walk you over and I'll set it up. And all you gotta do is look at it. You can even print from it. If you want to do that. He sat there for a few seconds and thought, and he said, no, let's just find another article. <laughs> Like, that was when I knew microfilm was dead. Was no longer a viable option. What, what year was that? Oh, mercy. That would have been at least, again, that was probably eight years ago. Okay. So still wasn't like, I mean, when, when was the last time the microfilm was even a common thing? Oh, yeah. See, that microfilm was big in the 70s. Okay. Uh, in the 80s is about when it started rolling out of fashion mm -hmm. once computers kicked in i guess that makes sense so the 90s is when it really especially it was just went oh, microfilm what is this the 70s but it's still a great um medium because if even if you lose all the electricity you still can hold it up to a flashlight and see it it's just real tiny oh, yeah I'll imagine like <laughs> real tiny Look. yeah wow so over the 25 years you've been here um how have you been able to use generically you know books the library to have a sense of connection or a point of connection uh with just arguably generations of erskine students yeah the book is an interesting thing it's been around for a long long time mm -hmm. uh it is even for people who aren't real readers it, it's something that's just embedded in our culture um and the opportunity to use something like that as a part of your your job uh, has been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, there are students who come to school already avid readers. Mm -hmm. Um, those are the easy ones to connect with. Right. Um, there are others who come that first time they crack a book open might be after their first year in college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's to crazy not, to think to be about, honest but it's not, you. yeah, it's not uncommon. Uh, but, to see people like that who over the course of four years in school develop more of a love for, for the book mm -hmm. uh, is, and it doesn't happen for everybody, but it, no. you, you do get to see it. Uh, and it's a that, small campus like this. You actually, you actually get to see it. It's not just yes. you hear the stories from staff members. Like you actually get to see these students come right. back 
And, you know, uh, also for those who do love to read or they learn to love to read, that's another point of connection between students and the faculty that they're working with as well. Uh, that seems to be an easy conversation point. Um, yeah. Uh, talking about a particular book and that kind of a thing. Uh, the, the other thing is the, even though, uh, you know, the ebooks are, mm-hmm. are part of that as well now. Yeah. So the, it's not even just the medium, but for some it is. It's the, the physicality of holding that book. Yeah. But I'm even torn. when that's not, I mean, it's still a book. Yeah. You know? I, I'm torn between the two things. I, I love, the the physicality of a book to pick it up to put it down and to you know if I want to take notes in it or whatnot if it's my own book um you know something about the smell of a new book like yeah. a new car like it has that certain smell um but at the same time I'm really drawn to the idea to be able to have all my books on my phone right or all my books in one digital location that I can take with me everywhere like if I could take all the books from my college and seminary time all the books I've collected over the years that are on these bookshelves and I know you can you can buy things that have like a camera and you just literally can flip one page a second and it's just right. taking them all one at a time, which is awesome. I, I'm torn between the two. I love the idea of being able to have access wherever I am to quickly reference or be able to read or be able to catch up on something. But there's also something about sitting at like my desk in my office and looking at a shelf and going, okay, where is it? There, okay. Right. Pull that off, physically hand it to someone, say, here, you can borrow this, use this for your research, whatever. Um, I get that. Like there's just, there's something special about the idea of the book. And I mean, I think partially it can arguably go back to, you know, that's how we have the Bible. Um, that's how we, there's something about, again, I would much rather have a physical Bible than a digital Bible in any case, whereas I'm torn on other books. Like I like having that leather bound yeah. thing in your hand that I can open up. I have my one Bible I've had since I was probably midway through high school has got notes highlighting jostled all through it. Um, I don't, I I'm doing my best to keep that Bible physically together as long as I can. So I can try to have notes across all of the pages so I can right. keep them, you know, 30 years from now, but I'll pull that Bible back out and see stuff I wrote when I was 15, 16 years old. Yeah. The, the provenance of it. You yeah. Know, it's, it's more than just the book itself. It's all the experiences and the things I've done. Like, I mean, I've got notes written in the back, like binding sheaths, uh, from times when I was in youth group, uh, different, um, like shrunken ways to look at, you know, prayer. Prayer is, uh, I'll oh, shoot. What's the acronym? Um, uh, acts, um, um, adoration, confession, um, Thanksgiving, supplication. Like I've got that written in the back of my Bible right. from when I was probably fifteen or sixteen, and I want to keep that Bible around. Like I mean, I don't want it to fall apart, so I'm yeah. trying to trying to keep it as best I can. You've, so tur- you've turned it into a study Bible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> essentially, yeah, it, it's it's the uh, the David Pendergrass study Bible from. <laughs> my youth up through now. And so I, there, I get, there's just something about a book that is, uh, I mean, nostalgic, I think is the wrong word, but it just, it gives you that sort of cathartic feeling when you're holding something. Right. Um, so I do, I do get that. But earlier you, you had mentioned, you know, whether they, they come in um, first time opening a book, avid readers, they love to read. Uh, harkening back to that comment, what is your favorite book to read or favorite genre or favorite 
um, author? Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's like water, water everywhere, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but honestly, I think the simplest way to describe that for me is in terms of genre. I'm, I'm a nonfiction reader. I really love nonfiction. Okay. Uh, that's not to say I don't enjoy fiction, but I've always, uh, had more of a connection to something that has some sort of reality or historical connection. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a certain person in history or a certain author? You no, really like? but I would say uh, history uh, okay. is, is probably the one area. And then um, literature as well. I mean, that's getting into fiction, but um, like the classic history. Yeah. Uh, history and literature and religious. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know we got a lot of that at McCain. Yeah, tons of it. <laughs> yeah, which is which is great. It also helps to have the seminaries associated with the undergrad school, so that you means our collection is. Yeah. Actually, that, that's a good point. Um, <clears throat> I'll get back to. I was going to comment on some of my stuff, but you mentioned earlier. You just mentioned uh, we have a seminary connected. We have so we're, Erskine's tiny. Well, let's just be honest. Erskine's a small school in the Ladue, West South Carolina. Um, we have one library building with three floors. But we have, in essence, access to much more than that. Um, mm. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so um, we have about a quarter of a million print volumes in the collection, and then access that's in the in the actual physical in, building. in the actual library here. Okay. Yeah, um, we also have eBooks, mm-hmm. thousands, mm-hmm. Um, six figures of eBooks available, and then beyond that, even. Um, all of the academic libraries in the state, we have a consortium mm-hmm. uh, called Pascal Partnership among South Carolina academic libraries. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I never knew that that uh, acronym. Yeah, out. yeah, that's where that came from, and it's based on Blaise Pascal. So okay, um, but I, I assumed it had something to do with him, but I, I never connected yeah, the dots. Yeah, before. but but it worked. That the acronym worked out well. We tell people librarians are the only people. Uh, that use acronyms more than military folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just by sheer rote. But through Pascal, um, every academic library in the state, there's 56 wow. of us, uh, we all share our stuff. That's uh, insane. So that means, in effect, and there's a courier service that runs every day around the state. Man. And so just this morning, I put a book in the mail to go to Bob Jones and one to go to Presbyterian, you know, uh, we'll probably get something from college to Charleston or something like that. But in essence, that means there's a really everybody here at little Erskine mm-hmm. has access to somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 million volumes, you know, just with just about 14. a two day turnaround time, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, so that means that even if you are a horrible procrastinator and you're on that last week yeah, before right. your, your papers do, <laughs> There's still a good chance that you'll be able to get your book and right. have time to to you know blaze through it looking for what you need right. before that paper needs to be turned in, which is awesome. I, I know that when I was here, we I used that every once in a while. I think I found most of my stuff I needed in the the building. Um, I think mainly just by force of willpower. Like I'm I'm going to find what I need here. Like I'm going to take it yeah. with me now and use it now. Well, it's like I tell people: start local. And yeah. Then, then branch out if you need to. Yeah. You can save yourself an enormous amount of time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, uh, my time here, if I learned anything, it's you definitely want to utilize the fact that you're given that syllabus day one. So be prepared to write those papers. <laughs> like you have, you have no excuse day, you know, 60 
that you haven't uh, prepared because you know exactly what papers you're writing, what tests are going to be on. You know what's going on. So take advantage of the fact that we have, you said, was it a quarter million cop or quarter million uh, about, stuff? Yeah, things about a quarter bottom, million. Yeah. Which is a lot. I mean, like I said, we got three levels. We got all kinds of mediums. You got tons of options when it comes to finding the material you need. You have a good system that helps lay it out for you. You've got, I know you, but who else is working at the library? Uh, we, we actually are, um, rebuilding our staff at this okay. point. We've, uh, uh, there's one, two, three, three and a half full time. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Or three full time and one part time. But I just recently had, uh, two other librarians. Well, one of them is, uh, still doing some evening hours with us, but mm-hmm. I've really had two full time librarians, uh, move on somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're rebuilding the okay. staff. And you also have work study there. And we also have work study. Yeah. Anywhere from 15 to 20 any given year wow. that work with us. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I, I never would have thought of that many students. Yeah. That's great though. That yeah. Gives a lot of students wonderful. opportunity and it, it helps them with financial aid. And mm-hmm. uh, it's only a few hours a week. That's why we have so many. True, because true. It's only a few hours a week. Uh, and it gives them a little bit of experience as yeah. well. Yeah. We've actually had folks who did that with us and then they went on and became librarians themselves. In fact, one of them came back to work for us um, not too terribly long ago. So, wow. you know, remember her, there is a student mm-hmm. and going off to grad school, getting her library science degree and came back. That's cool. Um, Ellis Major. Yeah. Uh, he's one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She was a couple classes below me. Yeah. I think both of them were. I think they're in the same class. But yeah, I, I remember them. I remember. Yeah. They so, met and they met here and got married. And, Tony, man. Uh, <laughs> for for any prospective student that's listening, you gotta be careful. You, you you might just find the right person for you at Erskine without <laughs> even realizing it. Most most people hear that little pithy statement coming in as freshmen, like, "Oh sure, whatever," and no one expects to find it, but a lot of them do, myself included. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely one of those things that just the small campus and being able to connect with people on a much more personal level in a way. I think helps to grow you as a student, as an individual, and helps you just kind of see who it is that you are. And a lot of you find someone many times is attracted to that. So maybe this is a good point. Yeah. Uh, something I'd like to ask you that's very much related to this. You know, you're talking about having been a student here mm-hmm. and now, of course, you're back on staff. Yeah. Uh, I'd just be curious to know how your time here as a student has affected the way you approach what you yeah. do now as a staff member. <laughs> so I, when I was here, I was like many Erskine students, probably overcommitted to things, doing a lot of stuff, doing, I mean, I was involved with three singing ensembles. I was an RA. I was a lobby monitor for my work study. Um, I was a UFI. I uh, was on SGA. Um, trying to think of other just ran other things. So basically I was constantly doing a lot of things, yeah, you but at the same a large time, resume. Yeah. right. But at the same time I was plugged into a lot of administrative offices. So I was seeing some of the stuff on the back end, just from talking, sitting down with at the time, Brian rush, um, mm-hmm. getting to know, um, I knew David Norman's son when he was here. Uh, and I, I was just, I was plugged in around because I was trying to be an effective leader in what I was doing. So I, I did start to see sort of how the hot dog is made while I was a student. Right. Um, 
But at the same time, I, I think I was intentionally trying to not get caught up in a lot of the stuff that was going on because I wanted to just enjoy being a student. Um, and so I think as I've come back, I want to help students who come and talk with me and any current students that's listening. I have a French press. I'd be glad to make some coffee and to sit down and chat. Um, I, uh, I hope to impart to them some wisdom of postgraduate life. Um, I made a bunch of stupid mistakes when it comes to looking for apartments and vetting apartments and, you know, just basic budgeting know-how that I learned by having to fight through not doing it well, Mm -hmm. um, that I hope to be able to give that information out. I've been actually, since I was, um, I think this is, probably been for the past six or so years, I've got a little moleskin journal that I've marked out into categories and I've been filling in little tidbits of knowledge, things I've learned to help me. Uh, Basically I'd like to at some point turn it into either like a little how to adult one Oh one book or Hmm. um, something along those lines, just because I think sometimes it's helpful to hear experience from other people and it is now so easy to self-publish or to just simply make it a blog or make it right. something that is easily disseminated. Um, but I think that that's probably one of my biggest things I want to help is help students see the value of their risk in education from someone who has it, who didn't use it directly. Like I was a Bible major who was not using my Bible major, um, but Erskine's core curriculum, Erskine's residential nature, Erskine's liberal arts, liberal arts uh, foundation helped me, I think, to be a better just civil person out in the world working at Papa John's and Best Buy and Jackson Motorsports and all these other places I've worked. They've all been, I think I was able to be beneficial because of my, uh, my time at Erskine. And so helping students see that and see that, yes, I understand that maybe you, you're not sure what you want to do. That's fine. I thought I knew exactly what I was going to do. And that didn't come out the same way I thought I was going to. Or, you know, you're worried about graduation and what things are going to look like when you graduate. That's totally understandable. Let me give you some ideas of what could be done. I mean, both from the sense of I, uh, you know, worked hard in a field that I was not prepared for. Like I was, I'd never done sales before. I had never been in that field. And I think Erskine's mentality of thinking creatively working in a group, engaging society, all these things that are built into our core curriculum structure helped me to, to succeed and to be different. I mean, I was surrounded by Clemson students and Clemson graduates and USC students and all these people who were pursuing, you know, specific things like computer engineering or IT or things that would theoretically make them at least on a knowledge system better than me when it comes to, for instance, selling computers. But they couldn't talk to people. They didn't know how to relate to anyone. They had a hard time understanding how to interact with somebody in a way that makes them comfortable to to listen to you. Um, they couldn't speak in person. <laughs> they couldn't speak out loud in public. Like all these things, I think Erskine helped me with. I, mean, I try to help give that to the student. Yeah, that's one of the beautiful things about a liberal arts degree or a liberal arts experience. Yeah. Is Yes, what you learn in the classroom, but it's also a huge piece of what you learn in between the lines. Mm-hmm. You don't even realize. I, I, I could not have told you when I was a student that what I was learning would be helpful in sales and management. Mm-hmm. Never would have thought that. But my personality, coupled with what I learned at Erskine, 
helped open these doors for me that I never would have thought. And then for the Bible students, encouraging them that if you want to go on to do seminary, you are heavily prepared here at Erskine. Mm-hmm. Like whether you're going to pursue the three, two program that I'm recruiting for, or you just simply want to enjoy your four years and then go into, you know, your, your master's degree track. Um, you're going to be prepared. Like you have a good solid education here. Um, for those that aren't Bible majors, you're going to get a good solid foundation in, in old and new Testament survey. Like you're going to get some good time to think about and wrestle with the scriptures. Um, you're going to be surrounded by Christians. You're going to be surrounded by ministry opportunities, whether or not you're a Christian or not. Um, and so I think what I hope to, to bring to students who come and talk to me, is just an encouraging word. Um, mm. it's life is hard. That's true from many people at a much younger age, but God is here. Um, I can tell you from experience that just because life is hard doesn't mean that God's given up. Um, I've had a period in my life where, uh, I'd lost two jobs in one year and that was a really big shakeup of my life. And how do I, how do I move forward? I mean, how do I continue to look in faith when I've had to call my wife twice and tell her, you know, I'm coming home because I no longer have a job. Um, Erskine helped prepare me for that by giving me a foundation in truth and giving me a foundation in friendships and relationships, the people who would be there with me, um, and would, you know, mourn and, and help kind of push me forward to the next thing. And, and I, I'm thankful for that for one. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, that's, that's probably been one of my, my biggest takeaways. And I, that's one of the things I hope to, um, hope to bring to the student body is, is the encouragement that what you're doing now is, is, is good and it's helpful and it's going to benefit you in ways that you 100% cannot see because we have spent 12 years in grade school and then three to four years here in college. And we're so used to get up, go to school, do work, go to sleep, get up, go to school, do work, go to sleep, repeat, repeat, repeat. When you get into the real world, that shifts dramatically, but you start to go, Oh, well, this is actually really similar to when I would, you know, do my papers or when I would make sure I'm studying for my tests. I have to study in order to succeed and to excel and to um, get promoted in my job. I have to learn more. Well, I've learned at Erskine a method of learning. Um, I have to be able to write, you know, creative and uh, concise emails and portray the information in a way that's not super wordy. I mean, all these things I think are going to come out in ways that the students, you who are listening, you who are current or perspective, Erskine is going to provide a way for you to succeed in ways you would not understand and that I didn't understand mm-hmm. whatsoever until looking back, which is a huge encouragement. And I hope to give that to the student. Right. Yeah. So you got any, any other pressing concerns, any other big questions before we wrap up today? No, that was just one. I, I can't tell you how many folks I've seen come through as students and then come back to to work oh, I'm sure. as well yeah, 20 years you know you mentioned brian rush yep. and he was one of them he and i worked together and i remember helping him with his senior seminar <laughs> man <laughs> i mean almost everyone in the missions when i was coming up as a student prospective student they were all graduates the missions coordinator was a graduate um i mean i'm pretty sure most of student development was graduates <laughs> i mean it's it's a, it's a huge blessing to be back um and i was talking with two sisters who are legacy students and they encouraged me that it's, it was great to have me back on campus. And it's just really cool 
to to be back. I mean, it's like being back home. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you, John, for coming yeah. in and talking. It was a immense pleasure. Yeah. Um, and for everyone listening, do use the library. It's a really big resource. <laughs> we we are definitely blessed to have that much here on this tiny little campus. Yeah. Um, so go in and say hey and uh, get some help trying to make sure you get your papers done and your assignments done. And we are here to make sure that you succeed. Yeah, we we tell people all the time there are no silly questions. Nope. You know, so. Silly questions the ones that aren't asked. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you again. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for listening to Erskine Conversations. If you enjoyed today's chat, please be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Tune in each week to hear more from the Erskine campus. Erskine is the higher education institution of the Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. To learn more about Erskine, please check us out at erskine.edu. We would love to hear from you. Find us on social media by searching Erskine College or emailing us at conversations at erskine.edu. Thanks again and have a blessed day.